it's time for another University of Brighton podcast. I'm Edwin Gilson, and my guest this week is outgoing marketing and communications assistant for apprenticeships, Robbie Lees. Robbie discusses the benefits of an apprenticeship and what he has learned in his time here, shadowing the vice chancellor for a day, producing a weekly Brighton and Albion football podcast, and performing at Edinburgh Fringe. Enjoy the podcast. So, Robbie, this is your second to last week here at the university. Uh, how are you feeling about that? Um, it's it's a strange feeling, actually. It's weird because this has been this has been my first proper full time job. So to know that I'm in you know the, I'm towards the end of it now is it's quite a strange feeling. But um, yeah, I'm, bittersweet, one would say. Yeah, yeah, it is with a heavy heart that I leave here. I'll always remember this place. Um, but I've got things to do and places to go so uh yeah quite exciting places to go which I'm sure we'll come back to later but um just kind of touching on your your experience here first uh I wonder if you could sum up your role and what it entailed I speak in past tense unfortunately because you're you're almost off um what did it entail on a kind of day-to-day basis and I'm aware that it's quite varied but yeah what, what description would you give of your job um well my job title is the marketing and communications assistant for apprenticeships um Straight away, that's quite awesome because I'm an apprentice and I deal with apprenticeships. So, as well as obviously, you know, my day to day it'll be sort of you know the assets for apprenticeships. So leaflets, videos, uh, website, everything like that to cover apprenticeships and sell them to the world. Um, but then the flip side of that, obviously, I am an apprentice, so I know what the apprentices go through. I know what they'd be looking for because I was in that position only just over a year ago. Mm. Um, so it's, it's actually quite valuable the way that's happened. Um, mm. Yeah. So what, let's start with how you actually got here then. Um, what was the process like? I mean, it was quite competitive, I think, wasn't it? Um, you obviously impressed the interviewers. What do you remember from that, that time? Oh, my interview. It feels like so long ago now. Um, yeah, I just remember going in there and uh, the interviewers were there. And I'd, I'd never been for a... A proper job interview as I said this is my first proper full-time job mm. so this was also my first interview and luckily it was the only job I applied for and the only interview I went for okay. 100% uh, exactly, hit rate 100% success rate nice one um yeah I just remember I remember going in there I, I walked the walk and I talked the talk um I seem to impress them. I, I beat off a university graduate, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite happy to hear that after. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I got a call after my inter- within a few hours of my interview and they, they wanted me on board and I gladly accepted. And here I am. And what was it about the, the job description that made you want to apply for it then? I, I really liked the, sort of the digital side of it. Obviously, you know, my, my whole life I've grown up with technology around me because that's just it's the age we live in mm. um so when I heard I was going to be dealing with things like you know website and social media and everything like that it straight away appealed to me because as I said I've always been really interested in that area I've grown up with it and it was it's definitely something I've wanted to do for yeah. a long time you're probably one of a generation so you're definitely generation z aren't you because <laughs> I'm millennial so <laughs> you, generation z. you're one of the yeah you're one of these people that, that everyone always speaks about as having grown up with technology and having not known anything anything different, I suppose. Um, do you think that's a blessing or a curse or a blessing for this job, I suppose? Well, yeah, but. definitely. For this job, I'd say it's a blessing. I mean, you know, it might sound a bit sad to admit that I'm in that generation, but yeah, I had 
had Instagram when I was about 12, I had Facebook when I was 13, mm. so for the you know the past six years or so of my life, I've just it's always been there, um, you know, and now here I am doing it for a job. Mm. <laughs> so in that respect, it's worked it's worked very well actually. Yeah. Was that one of the more rewarding parts then, doing the social media for you in this job? It was definitely something I was looking at, I was looking forward to about it. Yeah, um, because even before this job, I'd dealt with um, Instagram on the side. Of, like, I had my own sort of photography Instagram that I kept separate from my private. Um, and now actually I deal with a, um, me and my friends have a sort of Brighton and Hove Albion based Instagram account. Um, that's doing really quite well and I really enjoy that. Mm. Um, so yeah, being able to take my hobbies and then do them as a job, that side of it was, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. And I'm sure we'll touch on that uh, Brighton and Hove Albion fandom um, <laughs> a bit later, won't we? Um so, uh, I mean, some people might assume that you, you study here, because you, you go and study one day a week, don't you, whilst uh, working yes. here. But some people might assume that was actually at the university, but that would be false. So can you give us some background on your training provider? Mm. So, yeah, my training provider, contrary to popular belief, <laughs> I don't actually learn here. Obviously, it's, I see why people would assume that, because obviously it's an education establishment. Um, it would be quite nice if I did. <laughs> it would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I actually, my training provider is a company called Creative Process Digital. They're based in Brighton, quite near Preston Park, about a 10, 15 minute walk away from the station. Um, and they specialise in digital apprenticeships. So there's mine, the digital marketing one. They also offer it as a level four, I believe that's coming in the future. And they've also got a junior content pro- uh, producer one. And they've got sort of a digital accelerator course where you try to learn about sort of social media, Photoshop, that sort of thing within a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're very, very good in their area. And okay. I've seen that throughout the course. They've been nothing but brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So what's that kind of course entail then? Is it broken down to into a certain structure? Like you learn different skills every few months or so? Or what's the mm. kind of structure of the course itself? Um, so the structure of the course, I one day a week I have my, my learning day. And for the whole year that's been a Friday. And knowing that, for, I knew that straight from the beginning, and that was really handy, because then if anyone ever, at work, if anyone ever said, oh, we have an event, or we have a meeting on Friday, can you make this, or should we change it? Instantly, even if it was six months away, I'd say, sorry, I've looked at my calendar, and I'm actually in college that day, mm. can we can we change it up? Um, so that was really beneficial, because I knew every day, same day, I just got into the routine really nice and quick. Mm. And the actual course itself... Yeah, it was broken down into sort of into topics. So for the first sort of third of the course, so for the first few months of it, we're sort of looking at marketing principles and getting a grip of marketing in general. And then for the sort of the middle third, it was based around uh, sort of principles of coding and it went into more digital. We looked at the social media stuff, more like that. And then for towards the end of it, we actually did a Google, a Google Analytics course and there was a whole synoptic project, which was sort of like a four-day exam, in which we had a brief from a fictional company. We had to look at what they did in the previous year, mm-hmm. analyse it, so we thought it went well, and then look to the future, what we think they should do in 2019-2020. So there's a strategic element to it as well. This is about planning and campaigns and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to think it was just sort of marketing 101 yeah. for a whole year. Yeah. And yeah. how's it been balancing working with study then? Is it? I mean, obviously those those two things complement each other really well in this case, but um, have you managed to balance it okay? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. As I said, having that one day a week, whether I was, you know, just at home doing the work they'd set us or attending their webinars that we had quite frequently, or whether I was actually over at the college having almost a day of lectures, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it was very, very good because it was it was so structured. Yeah. I knew what I was doing for the whole, from the day I stepped foot in here back in September 2018, I knew what I was doing and where I had to be when all the way from September 2018 to October 2019. So, I, yeah, it was really easy to manage it and, yeah, everything like that. Okay, well, you mentioned that this is your first proper job, as you say. Did, did you had any other jobs before that, by the way, that you wouldn't have considered proper but were still earning you money? Or Yeah, yeah. Um, back when I was you know, at school and college, I had sort of summer jobs, um, working in a warehouse, oh, <laughs> a yeah. bit of manual labour. Yes. Um, but, yeah, as I said, that, was a, that would only ever be over... Christmas, a bit of Easter, and then a few weeks over summer. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's why, and you know, that was full time. I'd be there, you know, however many days a week, and I'd do it nine till five. Um, but no, yeah, it wasn't, you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five for a whole year. Mm. <laughs> and how was how has this differed from your expectations then, or how has it conformed to them? I've I've really quite enjoyed it actually. Um, I've always been a person for you know, pattern and getting used to things. So, yeah, knowing Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, then you get the weekends to yourself, That I I, I fit into it pretty quick, I'd like to think. Mm. Um, this is a bit more structured, isn't it? Like in, in education, sometimes at the weekends you need to be working and you're never quite sure if you've done enough, but it's maybe uh, nice to have that structure. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm. Yeah, throughout my A-levels, it was countless Sunday nights doing last-minute work. <laughs> so <laughs> it was lovely to come in here where I've got, you know, more structure and almost more time to... Yeah. And I knew what my things I had to do were. Yeah, I'd like to say I'd like to think I, I fit in pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, sure. And you mentioned earlier um, off mic that you might like to pursue a career in in marketing now. So is that partly thanks to your your role here, or did you have that ambition beforehand as well? Or oh, a hundred percent. I've always been. I've I've always had it in my in in my head. Like I did I did business at A level, and it was probably my favourite A level out of the ones I did. Um, and it was always, well, that's the reason I, I went for this job. I really liked the idea of it. But yeah, definitely by coming here and actually doing it for a year, just over a year, and having the apprenticeship course on the side. So I've been learning and then applying what I learn to my job mm-hmm. is, it's 100%. I think this is the route I want to go down now. I feel like, I'm, obviously I'm not an expert, but I feel like I've got a, a decent grip of sort of marketing now and how it goes. And it is definitely something I'd like to take forward and, yeah, as you said, make a career out of. Good to hear. Okay, and your replacement starts tomorrow. So what advice would you give to them for the year ahead? And maybe you actually will give it to them because you'll be here at the same time, I suppose. What would you say? Yeah, so I've got um, got just over a week of overlap. Um, and I'd tell her to definitely make the most out of everything. Um, because obviously, as well as having work, there's also the, the education side of the training provider. And I'd just say make the most out of the training provider because, you know, you're there for a lot less of the time. So everything you learn, everything that they can give you there, take it. Because mm. then when you apply it to work, you will realise how well it aligns. And it is so much easier to be... Whereas, you know, throughout GCSE, A-levels, university, you're just learning, 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 learning. Something I've loved, something I've loved about this course is the fact that I'm learning and then the next day... I'm applying it, I'm actually doing it at work. So that is one one big piece of advice that I've given. Practical wisdom. 
Practical wisdom, indeed. Practical wisdom 101. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it, I mean, marketing specifically then, there are obviously different, lots of different strands of that. You can do it in many different companies. I guess it kind of depends on the company that you are marketing for, isn't it? Or would you kind of be content just to be doing that in any context, I suppose? Like, for example, marketing for Brighton Hove Albion would be your dream, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that, but, that would be a dream, yeah, yeah. I'd say. So it would have to be the right fit, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, but yeah, one thing that really appealed to me for this was, weirdly, it was something I really didn't know much about. I Obviously, I know what a university is, and I knew the University of Brighton was here. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I didn't have much of an idea. But knowing that I was going to be an apprentice promoting apprenticeships mm. that was almost the the thing that did it for me because i thought if i'm an apprentice promoting apprenticeships i'm going to have both sides of the coin mm. so i really thought that was something that really intrigued me about it and so what's the, what would you say the merits of an apprenticeship over uh, a more standard university degree then is it that practical implementation of what you learn and, and what you work in yeah definitely i mean an apprenticeship's not going to be for everyone um you know university is still a very good choice um, but definitely for me as I said earlier the the fact that I'd learn it and then the very next day go into work or you know, if I've had a webcam session and then the next hour I can find myself applying what I've just learned to my work so yeah by applying what I've learned instantly it just sunk in it sunk into my head really really quick okay. because I was doing it as well as learning it yeah. rather than just learning it for however many years Learning on the go, and we'll put a link to um, some more information about apprenticeships here at the university uh, in the podcast description. So if you could kind of run us through some of your highlights in your year here then, what would they be? And I think I've got a little bit of a clue about this because you did a little presentation for our department, which is very well well done, by the way. Very, you, very, very emotional. Thank you. Not a dry eye in the house. Uh, yeah, so what were some highlights? What, what would you say? Well... I, I didn't know this was going to happen, but I think I picked a really good time to start the university because the month I started, we signed a year-long contract with Brighton and Herve Albion. Mm. Um, and from that, one of the highlights was... Um, so I was sort of on the... We had a little group that sort of discussed how we could make the most out of it. And then we, you know, we discussed, we came up with ideas. And then from that, we did a giveaway to some students to have a tour of the training ground and have an interview with some of the players. Yeah. And those players were... It was Bruno, Leon Balogun and Dale Stevens. Um, of course I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Bruno at the time was, was captain as well, wasn't and he? Captain, right? of course. Yeah. Um, and yeah, from that, I was then asked if I'd like to be one of the members of staff to take them along on that day to supervise. Mm-hmm. And obviously I leapt at the opportunity <laughs> to go to... To go to my team's training ground and, and interview some of the players. Um, and you so asked yeah. a question, didn't you? What was the question you asked to the players? I asked Dale Stevens about... Well, it was just... It was a few days before the uh, the Brighton Palace game. Mm. Um, asked him about that, obviously. Yeah. How ready he was for for the Derby game, um, which is also coming up on this Monday 16th. Yeah, strange coincidence, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so that's one highlight. Yep. Uh, you got two more? Two more. How did you know? How did you know I had exactly. two more? Um, yes, and then one of the other highlights was in March of this year as well. Um, we had some MPs come to visit some of our health apprentices. So we had um, Maria Crawford and Peter Carl came down to the Farmer campus to meet some of our nursing associate and assistant practitioner apprentices. Mm. And that was 
it was a great event. It was really, really nice to see them get involved with the apprentices and actually take a real interest into it. And Maria herself has a background in nursing, mm. as well as, obviously, Deborah, the Vice-Chancellor, who was... She came along to the event. Um, which leads me nicely on to my next highlight here, my, my last of the three, was back in June of this year when the, um, the job shadowing scheme got announced. I, <laughs> I went straight for the top and I filled in a form to job shadow Deborah Humphreys, mm. the Vice-Chancellor. What did you learn from that day then? What did you get up to first? It was, it was a great day. It was, a, it was an early start and a late finish, but it was, it was, really, it was a really good day. Mm. I really enjoyed myself. And I, from it, I got, I got knowledge about the university that I just had no clue of before. Um, mm. So I started up. I went to Deborah's office just before eight, and she'd already been there for an hour <laughs> doing work. Um, yeah, I just sort of asked her what it's like to be at, you know, the, sort of the top of the organisation, um, what it's like to be, you know, managing everything from the sort of top-down scenario because, as, as I said, I've always had an interest in business and did it at A-level. I, I was just enthralled to know what it's like to be in that sort of position. Um, and then we just had a sort of a general discussion about the sort of finances of the university and how all the teams work within the vice chancellor's office and yeah that that hour-long conversation went by pretty quick Mm. so i knew i was i knew i was getting valuable information out of it and if you were to kind of pinpoint one or two takeaways from that day probably learned a lot didn't you but um is anything that sticks out so on the day i job shadowed her there was an event at the city campus um so we went down there we met some business delegates who had come over from India and they were asking about the university. I actually, I actually had a conversation with one of them about apprenticeships because um, Deborah mentioned I was an apprentice and then he asked about my apprenticeship, what I'm doing and what apprenticeships the university offers. So straight away then I was nice. right in. Um, Selling the uni, good brand yeah. awareness. <laughs> yeah. um, and the mayor of uh, Brighton & Hove was at the event as well. So I have a lovely picture of me Vice Chancellor and the Mayor. Nice. Uh, I, f- I felt a bit out of my depth, but it was a, it was a great day. Yeah. I was really really happy. I went through it. Good. Okay. Uh, and you may have touched on this already, actually. But what are the key skills you think that you've developed in your time here? And I suppose relatedly as well, how do you think that that experience will help you going forward? Well, obviously, I've learned every everything that I've learned um, from the the apprenticeship course. So you know sort of general marketing stuff, looking at social media, Google Analytics, and then almost going into the principles of coding. That was really beneficial because then I'd apply it to my job. Mm. But also some of the more general skills that I didn't think about before I came here, like, for example, you know, general workplace etiquette, you know, having to build a relationship with colleagues, having a line manager, mm-hmm. <laughs> even just simple things like that. I'd never done before. And I've, yeah, I've, Everything I've learned here, I will be definitely taking forward to wherever life leads me next. Yeah, and where it's leading you directly after this job is travelling, isn't it? You're going to some pretty exciting locations. I'm going to some pretty exciting places, yeah. Um, So, first up on the list, I'm doing a bit of interrailing, just sort of going around Europe, getting the the travelling feel. Mm. Um, Then after that, I'm going to be visiting some lovely places, including... Fiji, Bali, Malaysia, bit of India as well. Mm. So, um, how long is this trip going to entail overall? So, the interrailing is a month, or just over. I think it's about thirty-three days or so, 
And then the next part of it, so sort of the going off to Asia, is uh, seven weeks. So I'll divvy that up between Bali, um, Fiji, Malaysia and India. Okay. So, yeah. Excellent. Good luck on your travels. Thank you very much. Thank you. And just reflecting on maybe some personal achievements then outside of work, um, does anything stand out for you reflecting back upon your, your teenage years? <laughs> My teenage years? Oh, what a long time ago. Um, um, I think I've got to go for the, it was the summer of 2018, so I'd just done my A-levels, um, I was waiting on my results, and I was up in Edinburgh, actually, performing up in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival with with my, my old college now. Um, yeah, we did um, for a, a week up there, so it was uh, six nights, uh, we went up there for t- sort of towards the end of August, and we did um, The Glass Menagerie by Tennessee Williams. Um, yeah, that was a that was an awesome experience. I've loved drama. I've done it at GCSE and A level, and I've done it throughout my my life. I used to be in drama summer schools and stuff. Um, yeah, it was definitely something I was really really proud of um, to be able to sort of you know it's almost my first professional acting thing. You know, mm. I wasn't in education. I'd gone up there by choice with the LeBrock Theatre Company. That we that we created, <laughs> um, yeah. and I, yeah, gone up there. We've hired out a venue. We've actually sold tickets, and people have paid money to come watch me act. Yeah. And I was, you nervous? Yeah, I I was very nervous actually before that first night, but throughout sort of my my acting days, <laughs> um, I've always I've just had this weird thing where if I can go on there and say my first line with utter confidence. And just say it how I've always pictured it. Bang. There yeah. we go. I forget the audience are there. And I just I just go off on one. Like this podcast, I just <laughs> don't stop. So you were nervous before the first answer in this podcast. And from there you were fine. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I, w- I walked in this room and I was terrified. And I said my first Brian Herb Albion words. And I've, I've got anyone's listening. I don't think people listening. I think they are. I hope so. <laughs> are, there, are there any... So there weren't ever any aspirations to be a professional actor then. To take that to the next level. There was a, a long time in my life, actually, where I thought it's something I definitely wanted to do. Um, probably up until the age of about 13, I'd always said, I want to be an actor, I want to be an actor, I want to be an actor. But I think, sadly, reality sort of kicked in there. Um, it's, you know, and if anyone here is listening and they want to be an actor, go for it. It's one thing that I wish I might have pursued harder than I did. Um, but I think reality sort of kicked in. It's very hard to make it in that industry. So I thought, personally, there's there's a massive reward there, but also a massive risk. Mm-hmm. But I think I sort of slipped into the, no, what's more... don't want to say realistic, but what's more realistic. <laughs> and let's move on to some lifestyle questions then, as usual. Uh, the first one seems slightly bizarre in these circumstances, because Robbie's only 19. Um, but it might be fun for you to answer anyway. What advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? So 16-year-old self, you were doing uh, GCSEs, Yeah, I, would, I presume. I would, have, I would have just finished my GCSEs. Really? Yeah, I would have been in yeah. that. How did you feel at the end of them then? Do you think they went well or...? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I did. I did all right. I'll admit I probably could have revised a bit harder. Were well, Sunday nights though that you were saying? Exactly. What happened to them? Yeah, well... That was when A level hit. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, stepped it up. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but I def- I'm not saying I, I. It's not that I didn't do any work, 
but I definitely could have done a bit more. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, That's probably a familiar story for many people with GCSEs. Yeah, exactly. Say. Um, okay. But yeah, what advice would I give to my 16-year-old self? Um, I'd probably say, don't worry. I think I got very worried that I suddenly hit 16 and I did my GCSEs. And I thought, oh my, what do I, what do I have to do now? You know, I'm actually out of you know, compulsory education. Mm. I don't, obviously I wanted to do A-levels, but I don't have to do them. It was suddenly a, a hit of, I'm getting close to the big wide world. What do I start to do? Um, so yeah, I'd say don't worry because things, you know, you, you meet people, you do different things, you, it, it all works out. It does all work. I know it sounds cheesy, yeah. but it does all work out. So Are you a natural warrior, do you think? Or do you, do you tend to worry, overthink things or do you be quite relaxed? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've always been a, a warrior and, a, and an overthinker. Um, yeah. I, I hit it straight after my A-levels as well. I knew I didn't want to go to university mm. and instantly it was... Oh, oh no, I've got to get my career started. I've got to do everything now. I'm in the big wide world. Mm. Um, yeah, I just need, I'd, I'd say don't worry as much. Chill out. You're 16. You can still have a good time. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, and your favourite place in Sussex? You live in um, Polgate, don't you? Near uh, Eastbourne, am I right close in saying? To that, close to Polgate? That, that's the, you listen very well to my conversations. Polgate's <laughs> the train station I go to in the oh, morning. Right, okay. I live closer to Eastbourne, actually, um, over in Friston. Sort of East Dean, right. just past Seaford. Nice. Um, yeah, I live in the countryside and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Favourite place? Friston Forest? No, actually. Um, I do like it there. It's always good for a dog walk. Yeah. Um, but it's got to be the Amex Stadium, hasn't it? It's got to be. I haven't actually clarified yet. I am obsessed with Brighton and Hove Albion. I think you have kind of referenced it a few times. <laughs> I've referenced it. You wouldn't do an Instagram account about the Albion yeah. if you weren't a massive fan. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a, I'm a season ticket holder at the Amex. Uh, it, it's like a second home. Whenever I go there, if I've had, you know, a, whether I've had the best day or the worst day, I can go there and I forget about all my troubles for 90 minutes and I, I watch my team play football. So and Things are looking good this season, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It, it started a bit slow. Um, it took a while to sort of get going. You know, we had a few performances that maybe didn't, you know, we, we, got, we had a few less points than our performances might have deserved because it was a bit, you know, we were still all gelling together. Um, but, you know, recently we've, we've gone on a good run. We've got, you know, beat Arsenal, we've got a good point against Wolves. As I said, it's into the big game on Monday night now against Palace. The big one, yeah. And maybe that would factor into your perfect weekend then. Describe your perfect weekend. Obviously that would be a part of it, but what else would you do? Exactly. One, 100%. The perfect weekend would be, obviously, Saturday, start off with a nice lion and have a, an English breakfast, full English, you know, the whole lot of sausages, bacon, everything. Um... I'd watch the early kickoff game at home, and then I'd head off to the Amex, three points of the Amex, come back home, and then it would be, uh, yeah, then it would be out to the pub, <laughs> yeah, out to the pub, celebrate the win, and the match of the day, exactly, yeah, <laughs> come back home, match of the day, right, and I'm in bed. Then, Sunday, um, yeah. football free Sunday, or would it be more footy on the Sunday? Oh, super Sunday, isn't it? Wow, I, guess so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself in the international breaks. <laughs> um, yeah, the perfect Sunday would be. Obviously, I'd, I'd, in the morning, actually, I really like... Uh, there's a coffee shop in Eastbourne I always, always go to. Uh, Nelson's Coffee. So a shout-out. Any of the Eastbourne lot know Nelson's Coffee? Love it in there. I always try to go in there on a Sunday, whether it's just for a coffee with my mum or if I'm meeting a friend and I have an actual you know, a bit of brunch there. Um, but then, yeah, then I'll come home. Super Sunday, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of 
chill in the evenings really. A bit mm-hmm. of you know, maybe a bit of Netflix or a bit of FIFA or something. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Sounds good to me. And what are you currently reading, watching, or listening to? You can have one of those or all three if you want. I'll go for the. I'll be boring and I'll go for the reading, the watching and listening to. Okay. Um, watching, I'm currently going through Suits on Netflix. Um, yep, and I'm also one of those people that rewatches Friends, so I know what happens, but I just always watch it. Wow. <laughs> What's the reasoning for rewatching it? Just love it so much. It is the, I think it's the perfect Netflix program that you turn on, sort of as background noise, because <laughs> I've, you know, I've watched it through countless amounts of times. But, you know, if it's one of those things I can watch and laugh at, but then if, if I just start scrolling my phone for a bit or if I'm there chatting to a, a friend or a family member, it's just there. And then when I zone back in, I know exactly what's about to happen yeah. and what has happened. That's so, true. That's a true Generation Z speaking there, by the is, way. Multitasking is. with your tech. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Netflix, watching Suits and Friends on Repeat. Right. And then listening to... I'm actually very into a podcast called Off Menu with Ed Gambles and James Acaster. Um, it's a great listen. They're two comedians and they this Off Menu podcast, they have their dream restaurant and they have guests come on. Um, they've had, yeah, they, they have everyone. They've had Marvel actors and then they've had dancers from Diversity come in and they've even had MPs on the show. So they cover everyone. Um, and yeah, they have a dream restaurant where you can have any dish that you've ever had in the world. So it could be what you'd get from your local takeaway, or it could be your grandma's lasagna. This magical restaurant can get any dish. Um, and it's just an hour of talking about what they'd have at their perfect restaurant. Okay, it's a nice concept. I yeah, know. maybe I should introduce that into the podcast questions. Exactly. Uh, Speaking of podca- podcast questions, I actually run my own podcast oh, with, yeah. uh, with yeah, the guys on. I do the Instagram on. Um, yeah. Let's talk BHAFC if you're interested. Um, yeah, once a week I we try to get together, do almost a sort of a reflection on last weekend and a prediction for the weekend coming up, football based, but then we obviously focus on Brighton. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's something I take part in and I really enjoy it. Okay. So how would people access that? Just go, go on, what's it called, sorry? Uh, it's Let's Talk BHAFC. Okay. So Let's Talk and then B H A F C Brian and Hove Albion Football Club. Um, we're on Instagram. Um, you can see us on YouTube as well, and we're on our podcast is solely on Spotify mm-hmm. as well. So if you just type in "Let's Talk B H A F C" on Spotify, you'll find me blabbering away about how good Neil Morpé is. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Who wouldn't want that? Exactly. One for the Albion fans there. Maybe you can listen to it straight after this. Um, and lastly, name your three fantasy dinner party guests. So we're going to go for what? Roy Hodgson, <laughs> Wilfred Sahar. No, no, definitely not. But in the summer, I did actually meet Roy Hodgson on Brian Seafront. This is Crystal Palace's manager, by Crystal the way, who's, yeah. who's Brighton's rivals. Yeah. Um, what yeah. did he say on the seafront? Did you say hello? I said, oh, Roy, can I get a photo? He was like, yes, yes, of course. He sounds exactly <laughs> like he does on TV. I was really happy. Right. So he got um, a photo with the rivals' manager. Yeah. Controversial. Well, oh, yeah. I, I don't like Palace, but um, my girlfriend actually, funnily enough, and her whole family are Palace fans. Mm. So you can imagine Derby Day is a, it's a pretty feisty one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I took the picture and then sent it off to her and said, oh, I do hope you're not going to pick any of our players. <laughs> um, yeah. Or he's secretly a Brighton fan. Yeah, so, uh, must been quite envious. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Walking down on the seafront, he must have wanted to move down in. What do you reckon then? Three 
dinner party guests. Three. You can have you can they can be living or they can be dead or they can be fictional even if you want. Gonna need a moment to think about this. Okay. Um, Um, so to my, to my perfect, my perfect off-menu fancy dinner party guests, um, I think I'd go for Alex Turner, who is the lead singer of the Arctic Monkeys, Mm -hmm. who are one of my two favourite bands ever. I think pipped maybe only by the next guest, Matt Bellamy, who is (laughs) the lead singer for Muse, who are my favourite ever all-time band. I've seen them in concert twice this year. Oh my what a, what a band to go see. Yeah. Um, and then a third, it's definitely someone Brian and Herb Albion related. Okay. I've got a few names in my head, but I'm going to go for Glenn Murray. Yeah, it seems like he'd be a good dinner companion. Exactly, yeah. 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 Glenn Murray. Um, weirdly, one of, the, one of the few players to be both Brighton... And Crystal Palace heroes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that'd be good for your girlfriend as well, because exactly, she could reflect. Yeah, exactly, on... I could bring her along, and we'd have some some, some sort of a no man's land, almost, <laughs> the, the mid-ground between yeah. us. Glenn Murray is the, the sticky stuff that keeps us together. <laughs> that isn't a sentence I thought I'd ever hear, but there you go. <laughs> Glenn Murray's my glue. There you go. Great. Anything else you want to add, Robbie, about apprenticeships or anything else in general? Um, no, not really, other than... Um, well, I'd like to say, you know, if you're listening to this and you know me and you've spoken to me, thank you very, very much for the time at the university. It's, yeah, I've, I've loved it and it is definitely, uh, I'm always going to remember this place as, you know, my first proper job and I've learnt things here from, you know, from doing my job, from my course and just from the people around me, whether you've just said hello to me in the corridor or I've badgered you with emails saying, can you approve this, can you approve that, what do you think about this? Um... I'd like to thank everyone for being so warm and welcoming. Um, right. Yes, it's with a heavy heart that I leave, but uh, yeah, thank, thank you everyone. Thank you. Nice words to end on. Thank you. No worries. Many thanks to Robbie for his time, and we wish him well going into the future. Look out next week for a special end-of-year review podcast. And to find all of our podcasts, just search University of Brighton on Spotify, Apple, and many more listening apps. See you next time.